Hello and welcome to another edition of Bertie and Paul. I am delighted to be uh, accompanied in this lonely Friday night of mine <laughs> uh, by uh, uh, Chris, Christopher Nelson. Mr. Mr. Like all you must have school bride. And uh, the legend that is Dan Devaney. How are you doing, Daniel? Hello, hello. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Hello, <laughs> hello. Oh, hey. It's Paul's favourite phrase. <laughs> well, that was good. A good comeback straight away. So uh, yeah, we had a, a, a really good, really good week in terms of Celtic stories, in terms of Celtic's football, and in terms of uh, controversy. So uh, we may as well get fired into it, and we can look at uh, what's going to happen in a couple of days going forward with uh, the last game of this, it seems like the last game of the season but it's not but it's like the last game until I don't know is it December the 20th or something like that so it's been a weird time for our football fans to be involved in it's never happened before and it'll probably never happen again so we'll see how it goes uh, Chris what's your we've not had you on for a while what's your sort of view at the moment are you happy sad indifferent or what's your your, your view on the Celtic at the moment uh, no, we're all very happy to be honest after this year. I mean, there's there's been a lot of learning so far this season in Europe, but it's but I would say generally been positive learnings. I think for for, for going forward, um, there's like oh, I think and even just the way Ange talks about even preparing already for January. And now he's even thinking about next summer as well. It's totally alien to anything I've ever known as being a Celtic supporter that we're actually planning ahead. Um, so yeah, no, I'm absolutely delighted with, with everything that's going on just now. I mean, obviously there's there's wee bits you could always improve upon, but no, it's been a great start of the season, to be honest. Yeah, I, I was sort of called. Hendo phoned me up after the last podcast and said I went the full 180 on on Celtic in the Champions League. And I suppose, uh, I, I, I suppose myself, I have to listen to Postecoglou, and if he's saying what he's saying, you've got to take him and. You've got to take him with some sort of value, and he, he's saying the right things for us just now. I suppose Dan, isn't he, in terms of progression? Uh, Aye, yeah, he definitely is. Because he said he said something really funny after the Aberdeen after the, after the Mullerwell game, and because your man uh, David was on talking, and one of the group chats was talking about the like it's taking us too in the, the Champions League. It takes us too long to turn. If we try and turn, it takes us too long to turn. Too many touches in the ball. And then Postecoglou kind of said, "Look, in the first half of the Mullerwell game, we just weren't what we were supposed to be at." And he says these things that you don't really read into them, but I think he's thinking the same as us. We need to be quicker with that ball, moving it as quickly as possible, just one two touch and moving it along. Uh, but in my sort of view, I think he'll get there, but I don't think he's going to get there with that midfield. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Are you? No, I mean I don't. I mean, I, to be honest, I think that team will uh, be pretty much revolutionised. Become this time next year. I don't think it will be mass. I think he will continually change it. I think he's he always talked about not getting too close to players, and I think he'll just he if he sees better players, he'll just keep going out and getting better. Uh, he'll know where we need to get them because um, the Champions League was it was it was in, it was good, but I mean you could see we were fell short. We, we clearly fell short after sixty minutes, and almost every game. We, we, the arse fell at us. And sometimes it actually happens in the Scottish League, actually. The arse falls out is after 60 minutes um, in terms of how to keep that kind of tempo that he wants to go with. Um, so, no, I think 
I, I think he's here for the long haul as well. I don't, I don't see him jumping ship. I think he's, I think he sees Celtic as he's kind of his longer term future as well. And it's as long as Celtic, there's a club continue to back him. Uh, and obviously, you're going to have to see progress every single year as well because ultimately that's the nature of the beast. But no, I'm, he talks well, and I think he, the fact that he's going ahead and planning. F- future and he knows where to improve I think um, and it's great to watch to be honest I mean even watch that Real Madrid game last week obviously you guys were at it um, and just to play like that and I know we get cuffed in the end but it's it's incredible to watch Celtic just still playing so attacking football against these teams and it's great I'd rather do that and go because you'd probably get cuffed going the other way as well so nah I'm, I love it I, I couldn't have done it when I, after the Real Madrid experience I was like, oh, we're going back to Scottish football. But actually, we, I've looked back this afternoon and the Dundee United game was a cracker. The Hearts game was a cracker. I enjoyed the Mullerwell game. I liked those types of games. Mullerwell was never out of it. The quality wasn't great. A lot of mispass passes, etc. But it was exciting. Uh, so, I mean, we, we've definitely had really good entertaining games. Aye. I mean, I don't. I agree. I don't like the Mullerwell game during the week. I think it was probably one of the poorest I've actually probably played. Um, obviously, part of the St. Mon game when they were pretty honking, but um, they, they, they've kind of been. They've not played massive, played well for. I've seen ninety minutes in a lot of games recently. Certainly in Scotland, they seem to. As I say, after sixty minutes, they seem to lesser one or two up. They do give chances away, but and obviously VAR, as you're going to, I'm sure, touch upon, gives us a few penalty issues every game as well. So. That's not helped recently. I think. I think looking back at the last, I think the impact Danny Jota. I think Jota is oh. is this is the diamond, isn't he? Yeah, he just gives you that extra dimension. You know, gives you. He sets up so many opportunities for other players, and obviously takes plenty himself. As he makes, he makes a huge difference to the team. He just they can pull one or two defenders out and create more space for other players. He's, I don't know, he's how good he is. So he's a mass. He's massive when he's at the team. They showed him Madrid when he came on. He had a great 15, 20 minutes and then scored the goal as well. You know, he'd just want the ball and actually um, making something happen. And you do, you do miss that sometimes, you know. He's definitely the type of player, Chris, that we'd love to watch growing up. You know, that way he's. Remember, we used to sit as boys and they used to be talking to Jimmy Johnson and say, well, look, Celtics one play, etc., etc. And we never really had any kind of. We used to have like kind of wee flighty guys that used to come on. We had Brian McLaughlin. Yeah, we Brian McLaughlin. I love Brian McLaughlin. Truth be told. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I mean, brought, I was thinking back to like when Decanio was at Celtic, um, and he he's got that kind of ability, but he's he's completely different in his attitude because he's more a he's he's a hundred percent more a team player, um, and. He's actually got a bit of a better end product than what Decano had at the time. Decano had loads of tricks, but he's got he's I mean the amount of goals he scores and the amount of assists he has on almost a weekly basis. He's just top it. He's he's that be bit of diamond that the, the kind of wing player because all the other wing players we've got are kind of quite similar. You're a badder, even Forrest or um, Maida. They'll get chances at the back post and stuff, but they're not going to go and beat three, four players and get a and play a wee pass through. Jotters just, I mean, Jotters, even that goal during the weekend's model will get chopped off. That finish is unbelievable. Just before we, what's, what's both, to ask you first, Dan, what's your view on Hatshavanovic just now? I don't think we've seen enough of him, to be honest. Um, he's he's only really started, like, um, 
the last handful kind of thing. He didn't like a, a full run at it at the start of the season. So I think we've still got to give him time. Let him settle in. Again, he's he's not scared to take people on either and have a go. Um, he's definitely not a jotter. He's not up there. Um, and he's no... I don't think he's shown too much to say he'd put him in front of any other wingers. But... Um, Negatives? No, no, really, I don't think so. I think he's still got to be given time and given his opportunity. What about you, Chris? What do you think, he'll? You got a view uh, on him yet? I mean, he started off quite well. I thought actually his best game was when he played kind of more central against St Johnson. I think it was at McDermott Park. Because mm-hmm. um, he looked kind of a bit more threatening because he could go both, he's kind of, he seems quite both footed, but he's kind of flattered a wee bit in his other games. He's had some decent bits but he's again I think you'll see more of him after Christmas he's Ange kind of spoke about him and his Abelgaard and etc guys that come in quite late that you'll see pre-season mm-hmm. uh, I think whereas last year he, he put players in very quickly because they had they had to now he's kind of taking his time getting the guys set up and the how Celtic want to play as opposed to just throwing them in there so I think after Christmas the guys that are him and Abelgaard will become hopefully a bit more Prominent in the team because uh, I think uh, and then he's, he's letting the guys settle a wee bit more. Burnaby is another one who's just starting to come in a wee bit recently, and he's looked half decent in some of the games as well. So I think he'll hopefully after Christmas and then maybe get to January guys in, and again that uh, you get a six month bedding in period as opposed to just being thrown in, which Celtic have tend to do. So but yeah, yeah, that's that that sort yeah. of forward thinking can only help these guys, can't they? Because it. Because what would usually happen was that the the player would you'd play a wee bit and then you just fall off the the shed shed who's his name Martin like just these guys yeah. you just look at him go he's pretty good ah, he's okay and then just suddenly they just disappear from from sight so yeah yeah you're right he's still talking about them we're still talking about the positive I just wanted to get your view on him so I thought he was a great player actually the minute I seen him I thought right he's a proper football player but then you see him in glimpses they've done the righty game he looked pretty. Looked pretty good, although one of his goals was pretty shocking defend uh, goalkeeping. But uh, yeah, you're hoping then that he will get the better of him at the, the, the end of the Christmas time or this mini break that we've got. And there's all these things as well. You need obviously everybody knows about them that you need uh, hope gels together as well. Like Abada has spoke about how like um, Beaton was such a huge part of him settling in Glasgow. You know what I mean? He, he's only 21 or just turned 21. Beaton helped him a lot last year struggling. The fact that we've got three Japanese lads, I'm sure they help each other, you know what I mean, settling and four. makes them a bit more comfortable. Four, sorry, I really don't see the fourth lad. Um, I wonder why, in, but I was thinking about him today. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about him today. Have you seen him, Chris? Have you watched any under... under... He's in training. Wait, I seen him a day because my daughter was watching the photo shoot and I said, oh, who the hell's that? It's like, <laughs> they get you. It was like him and the translator sitting there. I was like, all right, oh, there he is. Hopefully he gets on, eh, because... Yeah. But Jack, Jack and Marcus seems to have settled and Jota seems to they seem to have settled quite well, you know what I mean, which is a huge thing. And the team seems to be getting on well, so that, that really helps as well. Maybe that's Ange, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised if it was, but uh, maybe that's him putting putting them all um making them all comfortable and they now they're the team they're playing in and settling in Glasgow. Because you used to hear stories of players coming to Glasgow and just getting left to their own uh, their own needs, you know what I mean? And that's how Harrison would always end up at the bookies and <laughs> I mean just you took, turn up in Glasgow don't know where well, so I'll just go to the bookies I mean it's a huge party these days Maeda as well started to score like, it's very hard Celtic's actually there's loads of things going on at Celtic there's tons of going on 
he, he suddenly made that wasn't scoring but you get that many games that, I mean his goal his goal on we'll talk at Wednesday night then his goal on Wednesday night he enjoyed was, it didn't he? he but he goes to the fans he, he really wants to engage with the fans Jota, uh, Jota Kyogo Kyogo's got his little thing that he did even Hatch Savanovic is doing that little sorry I don't know if it's a TikTok thing or whatever they do but they really they are really trying to get I've not seen you doing that in old days Paul. yeah you know? I know jeez <laughs> we'll talk about the palace later. The palace later, right? <laughs> but you're, you're, yeah. I think that made us suddenly. I mean, that the goal is he's touch for the goal. I kind of watch. I mean, I like watching these little things that happen at football players, but I don't think I could do that. Like at full pelt, the way he was to bring that ball down and put it away. It was really, really sharp. Uh, goal striking. Another long ball, Paul. Yeah, I wouldn't say that was a long ball. I'd, I'd say that was a was that that was a that was a brilliant pass by Tumble. It was, it was absolutely stunning. Same pass. with Kyogo's for Jotters that get chopped off. Yeah. Great pass. Kyogo, Kyogo was the best player in the pitch. I thought on Wednesday, and just and not, and not so much in attacking sense, but he was everywhere. He seemed to be all over the place. And then that pass you were saying, he would be about three players before he played that through. Yeah, that was. Yeah. That was Headers defensively as well, but yeah, he seems to be a lot happier, doesn't he? Like, like football. Okay, well, let's talk about the Motherwell game then. So, football and wise, the first half again, I'm, I've got this thing about my too many touches, so I'm beginning to get like OCD about too many touches. There was too many touches for the Celtic players in the first half, trying to like dribble past people and move the ball. I thought they just sharpened up a wee bit where they get through, but actually. To, Motherwell seem to be pretty good in terms of organisation and stronger players standing up. They weren't booting us, but they were getting in their way and you know what I mean? So I thought Motherwell were half decent. But Celtic were just trying to maybe be the better player, take more touches instead of just letting the ball move around the park. Uh, but then Riley seems to, again, I'm not, not the jury's out in Riley for me. I just kind of, I kind of look up, maybe it's because he's so tall. I kind of look, is he, is he super fit? Is he... Has he still got something? Has he still got a few gears to find? But uh, he did really well for the first goal. I mean, that's that's tenacity. It's fine, isn't it? I'm not seeing that many goals scored from a Celtic player like that. Or assist. Losing the ball oh. and then winning it back cleanly. I mean, what, John Cotton's done it, I think? It was a fabulous challenge. Uh, Most players would have just shepherded the mother player away there. Now I just followed him into the corner as such. Spot on challenge. Been outstanding actually in the number six kind of role since McGregor's been out. He's he's been he's very he actually intercepts really well. Like that. He's he's really, really good. He's he's very quick on to kind of picking up loose balls. He's been excellent, I think. Um, okay, so expanding that then, Chris, we you're seeing him I mean I don't I, I, because I don't get to see the, the live games, it's very hard to keep track of, you know what I mean? It's easier to watch it live. So you're seeing yeah. a, a you're seeing a different player being brought through in the I last mean, six games, yeah? I think I've seen uh, the fact that you've you've been through these six games and I don't think we've missed McGregor this much. I mean you miss him and you've I don't mean he's not missed him in the fact that he's not good enough to come back or anything like that, but I don't th- I think uh, Riley's played well enough in that six role that you've not really noticed McGregor not being there. And I think that's that just shows how well he's done because he's he's been back there and he's he's played it very very well, especially in the European games. I mean, he, again, because you've probably only got three centre midfielders of real quality, him, Hatati and McGregor. So 
because you've had to play more in there in some games, they've maybe struggled as the games went on, especially European wise. But um, O'Reilly's been, I think O'Reilly's been outstanding um, uh, at that in that role, and he, he's he's broke up play very very well, and he he drives forward really really well. Um, I've got nothing but real praise for him. The only thing is, he could do this year. He's got a couple of goals because he's had a couple of opportunities to score, and he's not. I can't believe he's not scored this season. Um, he hasn't think, scored, no. No, nah, I don't think he's scored this season at all. But he's been out, and as I say, I think if if you'd say that of six weeks, oh, McGregor's out. Nobody really talks about McGregor being out, apart from maybe the European game. We obviously missed him, but the fact that you've you've went six weeks without, arguably, uh, some folk would say your best player, that they've not actually missed him is. Obviously, massive credit to how well O'Reilly's played. And Dan, what you, you Dan, what's your view on it? I like the same. I think he has scored. Like, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he has scored the goal. But that doesn't matter. But um, he has. He's been brilliant, absolutely everywhere. And I totally agree with Chris. You, although McGregor is a captain, he is the main man. And when he heard he was injured, everybody went shit. He's. Um, we haven't really been talking about it as much. Like. I don't even think we mentioned it in Madrid to be fair you know what I mean that but McGregor been missing um, which that's the kind of game you want one of your best players for I'd, I'd definitely like McGregor to be there I mean your man oh, of course stuff but like. it's not as if it was like oh it's the biggest miss ever because we haven't Chris is right we haven't really missed him that much in that regard you know um, of course he would assist the team it would help the team yeah because um, you'd have forward again and you would have to come on maybe but in terms of really playing that position he's done I mean Brilliantly. I definitely there's no jury out. I know you said when you said that, Paul, you weren't actually mean that, but it's it, there's definitely no jury out. He's been he's been fabulous. No, absolutely so, brilliant. Yeah, just to just take it back to that, I'm talking about jury out in terms of my head where I'm positional, in terms of how good he really is. Because I know he's a good player. I'm just thinking, is he where is he? I can't I mean maybe we need to sit there and watch him more and more and just say, look, where is he in terms of level of ability? He's definitely Chris is right, Hatati, O'Reilly, McGregor, or whatever position you want to put them in. I think I'm a, I'd quite like to be able to say I can pick a good midfield player, and I think O'Reilly is a good midfield player, but I still, in my head, I'm trying to work out, is he, is he a top six English football player? Is, you know what I mean? Is he, I don't know. I, I, I think he can be, but, but then I thought Turnbull was getting really good, and then Turnbull's, maybe, I mean, my my views have been shaken. I just need to watch them more, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I, I, like him. Like, I really do. I'm not saying the jury's out at all. I'm just talking about in, in my head, looking what quality, how good is he? How good is he? At 21, how good is he for Celtic? Yeah, look, that's the point I was going to make. It's the fact that he's, he's 21 and he's playing in the English what, Championship Division 1 maybe last year, whatever it was. He's now in the year, I think him and Hattai, you mentioned him, but for me, are two of the players who, who shoot who showed that they're capable of playing Champions League level. I think some of the other ones maybe struggled a wee bit, but I think certainly for 60 minutes in almost a free Champions League game, the two of them showed that they've got the qualities. Um, and for him to do that in his first ever, he hadn't even played Euro, Europa League last year or anything either. Um, and to go in there and play three of the games as the number six, where he hadn't been used to it, so, uh, I think really has been, given where he is, his development has been outstanding. The fact they've only signed him in January as well. Yeah, he's, de- he's definitely yeah, he's definitely a good sign, isn't he? He definitely. I mean, look. Yeah. I think he's, he's he's been asked to step up, and he has because McGregor got injured. That's it. You know what I mean? He's he stepped up and took the challenge, and he's fucking done well. Because I, I was having a discussion with a Liverpool fan. And I said, look, you do, you would do 
you wouldn't be doing you wouldn't be doing a disservice if you looked at Hatati and O'Reilly for coming to Liverpool. The guy was giving the big ah, look, we're Liverpool, blah blah blah. And then I was like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. But you could see the sense of those two going back down to England playing another season and then being raved about, you know what I mean? Because I just I don't know I don't know about Riley in terms of where he should be end up playing, but certainly if he was had goals like he did have a few chances of Real Madrid where he could have hit the ball a bit harder. He probably looks back at that, but if he's if he scored against Real Madrid, for instance, he did have the opportunities, that definitely a big tick in terms of quality because not many players do. You know what I mean? But, well, I said that the other week. That's his interview after the Real Madrid game. He, he, he stated how angry he was with his own finish, and then obviously made the, the point that Celtics or se- several players in the Celtic team just that last ball decision making. That's the big difference, you know what I mean? So he could he could see the anger on his face as well, just how disappointed he was because they know that the opportunities and the chances were there and what could have been. Sorry, that was against Leipzig. My apologies. That was the home game against Leipzig yeah. after that one. After Shakhtar, sorry. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so Celtic look to get back to the Mullow game. I mean, uh, we're you're one nothing up. We're kind of playing within ourselves. I I I was going to heebie-jeebies in terms of Carter Vickers and Ranovic because like if they're going to Ranovic is going to the World Cup, isn't he? Does he? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then. I was like, oh, should these guys? I mean, literally, they're going to play for Celtic in the weekend, and they're away, and playing for whatever clubs are playing for teams in like two days' time. It's it's crazy. I mean, there was a big thing about Carter Vickers. I thought Vickers played well, but it's kind of like let's just get through this. But Mullerwell weren't actually that physical, and then Celtic were playing within themselves. And then, yeah, I just thought we could have been better. But you've got to look at all the games that we've been playing, and you think maybe there is. A handful of games every year, you just got to win, don't you? And the Mullerwell beat Mullerwell week a weekday game against Mullerwell. Chris is just one of these games you just got to get through, don't you? No, exactly. I mean, not no, just that one. We go back to Dundee United last week, and after eighty minutes, we're sitting there with a two-two draw. Um, so for the couple, of, even though we were pretty comfortable looked in that game, we've 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 managed to get through a couple of games recently. Go back even St Johnson, last two. In our last minute goals, which in the day if we hadn't scored them, it's four points dropped. Um, so the the team the team are brown in terms of just keep going. In fact, that's one of the points I was kind of want to make is uh, you know, talk about talk about Callum McGregor. In fact, being you miss your captain, and the fact that we've won day two games last minute without your kind of mainstay, your main person who's always obviously kind of controlling it, just shows you the kind of team spirit they've got that you can do that without your captain. Um, folk always, the first thing folks say if you, if you don't score if you lose points or you're missing your captain it just shows you that obviously they've got the, the team spirit everything about the way Ange kind of keeps them going is is, is working really well because even though we've lost the late goals it's, it's weird because you actually you have a real feeling they're still going to score which is bizarre because you've only got two minutes left and you're like yeah, that's it's, it's a, there's a great belief in the, the team and, and the fans I think for that now as well because the other person we didn't talk about is Starfelt I love Starfelt being back no disrespect to Jan so whatever I just I thought he I thought he was great good Madrid I thought I mean I know we lost five goals which is hard to say how he played well but I thought Starfelt was excellent over there would you think yeah. did you see him Dan I mean Madrid Madrid was a bit was a bit crazy but in the Mullable game I thought he played well he did, aye, but Madrid, that was five tears up, so I could hardly see him, but... 
No, me tried to do. Sorry, mother really did play well. We tried as well. We lost two penalties. Kind of dead now for a kickoff. You know what I mean? So, um, and the three goals we lost to them were crackers. So, no, Starfield has been good, and it's like we spoke about it before. How Starfield came into the team, and yeah, Vickers came into the team, and they made some stupid mistakes, and Fort were on his back, and then he gets sent off at Ross County. Was it? And Fort were on his back again, and then he came back for that, and then he was absolutely brilliant for the rest of the season. You know what I mean? So it was all just about settling in and getting to know everybody. And after that, he just he was great for the rest of the season. He's I have again absolutely no problems with him at all. I think Starfelt. I think we'll see the difference in Starfelt when he comes back. The World Cup break because I, I I think looking at some of the goals, Chris, that we're losing, like Tony Watt's goal is shocking. The Tony Watt goal he scores and the guy picks it up from the, the shy and just turns around and just crosses it in. Tony Watt knows exactly what's happening. And uh, Shanklin's second goal, not the penalty kick when he slides in. I think if Starfield's playing, I don't think that happens. I'm not putting too much on his shoulders here, but I think Starfield's got a better. He senses that stuff a bit better out than 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 Jan does. I think. The mother will go on Wednesday night as well, but it's right in the middle. Let's be honest. What I see, I've watched. That. I don't know what happened there. I don't understand how that happens. Like, uh, that, that was a very amateurish goal, lose, but the. Uh, I go back to that Dungeon Eight one. I, I would say that I don't think the centre defence could do much. It's more the fact that it was Ralph at the right and potentially for who was in right mid. The, the cross was far too easy. It was far too easy to get from a. They took a throw in, took a cross in. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, no, but I'm, no, I'm actually, but actually, you're right. I'm not saying about the centre defence, but what I'm saying is I think Starfelt's that bigger presence. I don't think he, I think he's on them, saying move, get up, because they're, they're right back. And I think he's saying to him, right, he's telling everybody, because he can see him in the games, He's he has a, he has a lot of energy, and I think he just gives you a bit, bit more experience, I think. And then look, what the proof's in the pudding, but, um, yeah, it's just, I, I'm happy he's back. I know a lot of people don't, didn't like him last season, and he sort of turned a corner, but I definitely think we're a better team with him. And that's I mean, I definitely a be- the best partnership. Yeah. I think there's... I mean, they were excellent last year together. Is Hellander still keeping him out the Sweden team? Remember we were talking about him last year? <laughs> Fucking Hellander was keeping him out the Sweden team, you left for fucks. <laughs> he, he played as well, he gone? I don't know. I think he might be injured. I think all Rangers players are injured, I think. Until further notice. No. Probably didn't David Lloyd just kind of saw him. <laughs> I mean, Daniel Prodan. <laughs> 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 So um, yeah, it's just and then okay. So we do we do do it. We'll do a five minute. Like I've done my rant already about VR. Dan knows that I've already been ranting. I was sending people messages just randomly. I can only crash the car about twenty times. I actually can't take it anymore. Uh, so Chris, you, you talk us through. I'm gonna rant and I'm gonna rant. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. What do they used to say? Say three Hail Marys. Put your head down for a bit. Listeners, this is the time to put the volume down. Put the volume down because I'm off in the one. Like, we we see an amazing goal on a wet, dreary Wednesday night. You know what I mean? And we, we see a brilliant thing and it gets chopped off for no reason at all. So, Chris, take it away. What is the purpose of football in VR? What's the purpose? What, what's, what's going on? Have you got a better view on this before I start crying and going bananas? 
<laughs> I'm not going to agree with you. Far's not a thing I've ever been a big fan of. I, I don't like it at all. I've never, never particularly liked it. The, the only thing I actually wanted, but that I thought Far could could provide clear evidence was was offside, uh, and that was obviously showing up on Wednesday night that they can't even do that. To be honest, when they're showing it from a Nokia camera from a high rise flat outside for Park, their wee camera. So, to be honest, if you, I mean, that's the one thing I like. Offside should be quite clear cut. It shouldn't be a very difficult thing for them to come up with and be technology. So, um, but now far's been it's it's a nightmare. Even that Dungeon Eight game last week. I mean, you end up playing for over six, seven minutes in the first half injury time because it took them five minutes to decide that that was a penalty. The Burnaby. It was never a penalty kick. Either. That was a shocker. What's he supposed to do? Like just chop his arms off? Yeah, oh. no, if it's not clear and obvious, then. That's the only reason VAR's there for. But if you think five minutes to decide, then it's no clear and obvious. So, but it's, it's a fucking shambles, to be honest. And Ange spoke brilliantly today on it. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought so. Um, again, just not saying, you know, because obviously people are saying, fine, whatever, we'll go on with it. Um, but the whole circus around VAR's just, it's just, that's all it is, it's a circus now. Um, and you see some other Scottish games, some of the decisions are horrendous. Yeah, man. Go down, go on. Before I start running, on go say something. Just say anything. Talk about your shopping list for this weekend because I'm just going to go bananas in three seconds. I want to hear it. Okay, do you want me to go? That's no. Right, so, Ant Postogoclo says today, he says, this isn't a big, big deal. It's been in Australia for four years. It's been, the, it's been the Premier League in England for two years, whatever, a year. It's been in Germany. This should just be a rollover into into Scotland and it's an absolute absolute abomination that's what it is and what we're trying to do is, and again I've kid it it's the, it's the we've got the, the VAR Rangers edition you know what I mean this is basically what we have because what you've got is you've got a culture top to bottom of, of running organisations and running a league for the benefit of one and then what we're seeing is like like Rangers players are grabbing the ball in the box they're not looking at each other and they're like I just play on we can't just take something in, give them the referees loads of money so they don't have to go back to their real jobs. They're sitting in the Clydesdale suite, wherever they're sitting there, and just decide not to use it when it doesn't suit. Like this is this is this is the, the, the Scottish football is supposed to purify itself and make itself a proper game, a proper league with proper rules. And the, after three games, we're watching this stuff. It's absolutely silly season. And the fact of the matter was, it wasn't a goal against Rangers. It wasn't a goal, a winning goal. It wasn't anything. It was a beautiful goal for the people that are sitting there in that stand, paid their 20 quid, watch Scottish football, go to the games, and they see something that's absolutely phenomenal and it gets cut off because of what? What? We don't have a camera and one in the stands? What I mean? I mean, these guys are having an absolute laugh. What? Oh... Go Dan, say something now before I start <laughs> going. There was a camera in the stand. You know that, obviously. Yeah, there was a camera. The camera wasn't focused on the on the on the line because the camera was focused look, on look, the Celtic dugout. Lee Harvey Oswald did not kill John F. Kennedy, not right? Okay. I did. I did. But he was kind of kicking about. <laughs> but so what? We've basically got three games in him. We've got like conspiracy theories and we've got all sorts of stuff. This is football. This is a sport that's played in a grass park. 
They were supposed to get video. They're supposed to get money for it. And suddenly we've got one guy saying there was cameras, other guy saying it wasn't cameras. I mean, it's well, absolutely shocking. Commander said something to say about the grass part, but anyway, we'll move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the um, I, the camera was defocused as well, no, because it was on the Celtic dugout, and the mother old chairman's came out and made it clear that it that it's not no um, wrongdoing their part, and he's basically hung um, the crowd that have provided the cameras and the SFA, basically saying he's going to do your job right. He's spot on, mate. But like, listen, the English Premier League, it's no been all plain sailing either. They've had serious issues with it down there. And going back to whether it was like what I thought about Van in the first instance, I was all for Van when it came in at first. I thought, brilliant, this will be great um, when it came in down in England. But it's caused so many issues now, I just don't see why it can't go down the route. And it will never go down the route. Um, <laughs> why you just can't have the referee talking to the guy in the um, Clydesdale suite or whatever you want to call it and let us hear what they're saying. Because then it will make everything loud and clear. You know what I mean? Everybody will understand the conversations. Everybody will understand why it's been awarded, and then everybody moves on. You know what I mean? It's it has to be it has to be so clear for everybody to understand it. Because then it just creates issues like this, like that one we jotted the other night was the linesman's gave offside. Okay, so the only the, the logical reason I can think is the linesman's put his flag up, and then they've been upstairs to say, "Is there any reason why you think it isn't offside?" They couldn't see. So they've just said, no, go with the on-field decision. That's the only reason I can think it, because the camera in no way, shape or form is is clear. The referees gave it, so they've just said, right, just go with the referee's original decision because we can't see if you're up here. And now they're trying to cover their tracks. So aye, it's a total, absolute shambles. We know what's happened, obviously, at Tencast with the handball. I don't know why eh, that wasn't given again, but if we were able to hear what they were saying, then we'd be able to understand it. Because it's causing more problems than it is creating um, solutions. But they're governing the game as that seems they governed the game three weeks ago. They don't care. They're trying to set some sort of balance. But once you bring in VAR, you're saying, look, this has balance. And the fact of the matter is that Celtic are going to get more decisions and Celtic don't get decisions because they try and keep the game sort of equal. That's the, I mean, they've done that for since a year dot. But once you bring in VAR and you spend all this money, like it hits the guy's hand in the box. And the guy sees and everybody stops, it's a penalty kick. Like, Ampostacoglin lost himself. He, he, he's very good at Yeah, it was a stone wall. Yeah, he's very good wall. at giving it the, the, the Tony Blair diplomatic view in the press because he's obviously a grown man, an actual adult, and it's in charge of Celtic, and we applaud that. But there's no way he's going back to his, he's going back to his house and going, that's an absolute joke. It's just an absolute joke. And that. Because I never had this podcast, I never had, I didn't want to be one of those Celtic fans that complain about referees, I don't really do it, because I'm just going to get the gist of what Scotland, Scottish football and Scotland's all about, I've always got it, but when you see things like beautiful goals being chopped off for no reason whatsoever, you just, I just, that gets to me now, just gets to me, you know what I mean? Nah, no, nah. I mean all things, I mean, talking about the English Premiership, I hit Said that the, the SPL over as SPFL, they've got six cameras at each game. The English Premiership thirty four. So already you have like six cameras are going to unless guy are covering the game, then they'll have obviously more. But the rest of them they're just positioning them. That's not going to cover every single angle for it. Unless you're really Val should only come in if you're really going to fully commit to it as well. So you've you've basically given you giving themselves enough the you know the equipment to do it as well. I mean to give that offside for 
that camera angle is just a nonsense or being able to hear what is it offside or not. Uh, yeah, but that's, and that's, that's what I'm saying. The linesman's gave it. And then obviously because they only have one camera angle, so you need a minimum of two camera angles in order to draw that straight line. I know. Exactly. So what I mean, so because they've only had one camera angle, all I can think is they've turned around and says, we don't have the right angle, go with the on-field decision, which was offside. I'm pretty sure Lineman puts his flag up once he scores as well. Yeah. So he's not even gave it as he's ran through, he's gave it as, as offside, as actual goals went in. Correct, aye, that's, that's what they're instructed to do. Aye, so that's because that's what he thinks is, but then they should go and double-check it, and then, so, aye, so it's a so shit show. It is a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how they had the Mader one, they had that perfectly. They could that clearly onside, they could clearly show that one. And then they showed the model one, which to be honest was never offside. If you see the line they've drawn for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it goes in line with the, the shading of the grass, but it's not in line with the penalty box. I know. Because the shading of grass is obviously not in. Because I think Far Park, I'm sure Far Park slopes a wee bit. Yeah. So the line on it is completely, it's, it's completely fucked up. <laughs> Place <laughs> managers, only Scotland could make it so bad. But it's just ba- basically jobs for the boys, but I mean, all these old ex referees are sitting there with those VAR screens getting paid and they're happy out. Right for the second of January. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. Now, but how many penalties given in that game? Oh, see, the thing is, yeah, yeah, I actually can't. The other thing, the other news issue that I didn't think anybody read was James Tavernier went to court. So this is a change in the world of Scotland. James Tavernier get done for reckless or speeding or something like that. And got the top boy on Scotland. Yeah, he went to court and 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 he said something like, "So Stephen Gerrard was beside him, or they were beside each other, and the guy Simpson, who was a, like a youth team player, who got fined nine hundred and fifty two quid, and admitted he was guilty, sped off, and then." Tavernier was like behind him so Tavernier went to court to, and he said I've got a duty to the fans and to the public when my manager's there he played it as if he was a club captain of Rangers, I've got an honour like dignity and all that stuff you like and it was my word against the policeman you like, what policeman in Scotland takes the Rangers captain to court for speeding? like, <laughs> like, like obviously he was, obviously something was going on that mean. When was the last Rangers captain get ever charged with anything in Scotland? Cavendish used to getting penalties, didn't he? So <laughs> he took it for one hundred twenty <laughs> quid. He took it. He took it all the way. And he, I know, I know, because he, he's because his character and the way. I just was like, oh, what is going on? Like, meanwhile, meanwhile, the youth team player copped a fine and, and points. You know what I mean, for the same incident. But yeah. The, the Rangers game I can't Bad. watch I can't watch Rangers games now I used to like watching Rangers games it's Andy Gino's I can't watch it now because I know that it's just they just they just change the dice they change the deck until they get the game one I mean what was that that visual that the Rangers player just catching the ball in the box against Hearts and they'll just look away actually it's also the the Scottish media like the, the BBC reporter didn't mention anything about it nothing there was nothing talked about it was just all put to bed it just makes it make. I don't care about Scottish football what it looks like, but it's just it makes you feel foolish. You're watching something that it's just it's just a farce. You know what I mean, watching that Hearts one, the Rangers one. I'm not I'm not exactly convinced it was potentially a penalty, but the biggest issue I'd have with it is the fact that they didn't even go and look at it. Probably. Yeah. 
Well, that, well that's the range of addition, isn't it? You you just you just decide which ones you want to look at VAR and the other ones you don't bother. Getting ahead of it off his hand a wee bit, and it's like I don't I don't know if he's really meant, but every other handball's always been looked at. Yeah. So that's probably my point would be in that one, as opposed to the fact that I'm looking like some of the handballs you get for penalties now are just fucking ridiculous. Um, nah. Yeah, but um, we're not. I mean, we're not. I'm just talking about that. Like, I, I think it's all silly. Well, the handballs like that, that offside ruling with uh, Harry Kane in the European game. Like, I mean, your gut's telling you he's done a perfect header back, and it's a great goal. They take it away, and you're just shaking your head. But we're not. We're not even getting at that level of. Uh, we're not getting that even that level. Of, you know what I mean, we're just like play on everybody. So then we get to the the the, the, the yeah well, we've done Turnbull sort of pass, but I just want to talk about if I was and I'd be looking for. I'm going to say this now and get into trouble. I still think the Joe Hart situation. I'm not too sure. Is it? I don't know. I'm not sure in terms of. I just don't know. Chris, are you gonna help me? Is he? I don't know. I just thought, I'm not too sure now. I'm not really sure. I'm trying to think what he's done in the last couple of games in terms of. I don't know. I just think he came out and got a ball against Fur Park. He came out and got, he went and got knocked a ball out, and I was like, brilliant. But I was like, maybe a bit more influence in the penalty box, and I don't know. I just I'm, I'm trying again look for it, positions to get us better. Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, I think I think that's one of the things Angel do. I think if you find somebody that's going to be better, then he'll go and get them. And I don't think he's getting a loyalty in that sense to players. I mean, Hart, Hart brings probably a bit more than just his ability. He talked about the fact that we missed McGregor for the last six weeks. Hart's got the experience and the know-how. Um, and yeah, definitely the way Angel plays, there's always going to be better goalkeepers potentially out there. Um, I wouldn't say for me it's a priority position. I think if we can get a better keeper than him, then brilliant. But there's certain areas I would rather go and focus attention on than changing goalkeeper um, at this stage. Um, but it's not to say that if there is somebody that he's definitely he's definitely um, not just indispensable at all. But uh, there's certainly I would rather look again probably more better wingers a bit, bit more bit more flair in terms of being able to finish chances going forward as opposed to changing two hearts I don't think he's made massive amount of mistakes I mean he obviously made that one in Leipzig but I actually wouldn't blame him as much as the fact that the defenders get past the ball back to him about 10 times before it's like there was a bit of as Anne said we were kind of going back to too much in that game we kind of lost the momentum if you're going to keep passing it back to the keeper you're going to lose them kind of chances eventually but I, I think Hart's been been, been Pretty steady. Other than that kind of mistake, but well, Chris, it was just it was just the fact, sorry, that he came for a couple of balls in the middle of the game and cleared his line. I'm like, why is he not just doing that all the time? Why is he not just commit his goals more? Just couldn't have a bit of a laugh and smack. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> goalkeepers get protected. Why not just come out a bit more? Clean, clear the ball no. out of the area. Well, I mean, I suppose it's better. You, you know, your keepers no coming out. You're better having and somebody just coming randomly flying out. And you've got ten and a half to go and deal with that, I think, to be honest. And Carla Vickers deals with most things at Celtic, so uh, I, I think we had this conversation before. I think it has told to st- to stay on his line, because there's a couple of times where he has stayed in his line where he should have came for the ball and the other team scored. Mm. <laughs> and then there's the one where uh, after Leipzig was at Juranovic, headed the ball back to him and he came for it and didn't he tell him. 
it was against Motherwell, was it? At Celtic Park. It was within the space of two weeks. He'd done, there were two howlers, so a few folk were um, questioning him after that. But listen, I, I don't think he's been absolutely superb, but he's, he's again, I, Chris is right, there's no major concern. Did you see so the, the, the Motherwell? We made two absolutely standing saves for, uh, in, in that game of one-on-ones. He has, and, and he's he's been brilliant in that one, and he made a couple of nights like away as well. They yeah. were, were crucial to keep us in the game. It was in the, in the kind of first half. So I think I think it's, uh, it's hard because um, it's easy to go and say go and get a better keeper than him, but it's, that's a very hard thing to go and do, um, given the fact that he's got the experience as well. But you may go and get a younger keeper who's got potential, but more likely to make more more fuck ups. Aye, the goalie's mistakes always going to be highlighted a hell of a lot more than other players, you know what I mean? A hell of a lot because there's no dead during the game. So, um, they nearly, the Motherwell nearly caught him off his line, didn't they? The Motherwell player, if he was a bit better. But with that, that was we talked about that before. No, I'm not saying that Joe Hart's a bad goalkeeper. I'm just, again, I'm trying to look for areas that we can get better in. That's uh, what I gave that ball away right in the middle of the pitch to the guy in the halfway line, and Hart's where he's meant to be in terms of Angie's system. Mm. That, that, blame him for that. No, I'm not blaming him, but he's the guy she scored. Um, yeah, so with Michael Beale and the or was his Michael Beale and the in the, <laughs> the curry saying that uh, if he was still there with Stevie G, they'd have won the league. Who is this Beale guy? Is he? He seems to be a big, a bit of a big deal, doesn't he? I was in the last week apparently. He's a big, he's a big yeah. He's a big yeah, right? Loves the Rangers. So Danny told told everybody that we were there, still there. We hadn't packed our bags, we'd have won the league. Who's Michael Beale? I've no idea who you're talking about. Precisely, precisely. Who is Michael Beale? Honestly? He was the main guy behind Gerard. He was a kind of assistant manager. Oh, right, okay. And then we went to Aston Villa and then he buggered off to Queen's Park Rangers and then Gerard fell on his arse after that because it was all Mike. It was all Michael Beale. He was always ah. kind of the best, a kind of very, very good coach. At Chelsea originally and then went to Rangers um, but as soon as he left Gerard at Aston Villa the wheels came off <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about now because I'm sure he's a QPR manager or something now. yeah he was he was he was in the crowd he was in the crowd last week when Giovanni was uh, he was one of these characters who was in the crowd where Giovanni was under dual pressure like, I mean nice guy and then he does his curry talk whatever it is and telling everybody they'd still win the league if uh, having Stevie G were in charge, I'm like, oh, shut up, away you go and run. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm going, you come back there, bring Stevie G back with you and you have a crack at it, lads, and you, you've got a full crowd of remembrance people with their tanks in the pitch. So, anything else, Christopher, anything else that you're dying to tell us? Eh, no, not at all. No, I'm just looking forward again to tomorrow. Can't believe it's the last one for a month, but looking forward to going to Parkhead again tomorrow. And Dan, um, yourself? I'd just like to give a big shout out to Christopher Miller um, <laughs> because I've taken dogs abuse for no mention on the last um, podcast. So, big shout out to Christopher Miller. That's Chris Miller, C H R I S M I L L E R. Hot boy. So, basically, basically, Mr. Nelson. Uh, Dan Devaney got a bit of slag for a bit of slagging for 
first of all mention you mentioned he'd, he'd so many emails when he came back from Madrid so he got a bit of a tanking for that because he's a busy businessman and then uh, he, forgot to, he forgot to mention one of his best friends on the podcast and then <laughs> no, what he said Chris he said that I edited, I edited the guy's name out and I'm like no I didn't like, why would I do that I mean, Ah, shocking, Paul. That's terrible. I know, he did. He did, so that's why I need to mention that again. Well, because I, I edited uh, Hendo's Tartan Army quip with the nearly... <sighs> and it's, uh, it's Miller's birthday day, so he, will, he obviously won't be listening. Over the weekend, he's, um, he's out. enjoying himself, having a few beverages for, um, until Monday, I believe, so um, he'll be listening at some point next week. So happy birthday, Mr. Ball. Hope you're he, having a good one. He, he, I had to take my hat off to him because... I mean, those guys had a right good time in Madrid, but then on the Saturday there he was, the Celtic Dundee United game, wasn't he? Looking very fresh. Yeah. Uh, they are ready to go again. So I was, I was kind of, I was like, I wasn't kind of hero worshiping, but I thought ah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a steady fellow. <laughs> I mean, compared to me, I was sleeping on the couch, gonna keep my eyes open. I mean. Yeah, me, and my, me, and my, me and Miller have an agreement if any's ever win the lottery then um, we'll both go to every single Celtic uh, away European game from now until um, the, the, the day's end um, <laughs> can I come we'll every, sing, every single one all paid can I come hold your nope. bags and stuff oh, come on no you're doing my nothing already me and you were great in a way like, the people have texted me saying that the Celtic away stories of me and Dan walking hand in hand no comment <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, so Chris, you're going to come. You're going to come the next. I kind of missed you at the European game, Chris. I was. Chris was all. Also, year away into this. So. No, you got to just get yourself get your ducks in order for next one. You know what I mean? Unless you go to Sydney next week. Sydney next week. Aye. So what's our tip for the World Cup? Who we fancying? I'm not even thought about it to be honest it's probably the least looking for the World Cup I have ever ever known yeah it's I'm like got no interest in it they're uh, just going to be folk running on the pitch constantly trying to protest against Qataris I can just see it like matches getting stopped all the time I've just got a funny feeling it's going to happen do you think anybody's going to go to it is there going to be fans there like who I mean there's no boy from Blanc that was going he nearly he's going to for it is he yeah so he says. Oh well, well then. <laughs> Must be a wind up. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about that. Well, half it, half the wheels will be gone, I'm sure. Yeah, I suppose. Argentina. I've got, I've got, I've got stop the, stop the bus, Hamilton news. Do you want to hear my stop the bus Hamilton news? Go for it. You ready for this? You do you know this already? You lot told me just to keep my. I don't know. You need to tell me. I know what it is. Ink, ink spots closing down. Jesus, oh, that's like that's an old man, Paul. Jeez, catch up, man. It's a real old man. That. But it's like it's in the, the thrones just now. It's just closing. It's going online. I thought Ink Spot would never close down. Missing you, Paul. Oh, <laughs> I, love, I love Ink Spot. Oh, <laughs> these oh the ink caps he was buying was keeping them going. <laughs> also, as well, without uh, without all oh, the the Hamilton. Uh, People or the Hamilton Celtic fans I was with, Chris. Apparently, these school brides hit the skids. That's what I've been hearing from them. <laughs> that was it. That was the conclusion. Hit the skids? Aye. Yes. Marcus Spencer's have left East Bride Town Centre. I mean, come on. 
Uh, you almost think you're on it. Come on. Go to your local council and get that sorted. Martin Spencer's a left. He's got big town centre. Mind you, number of thrums. What is it? Number of thrums, they'll sell to Gary's bar. Yeah, okay. The old days, that was that. that was, I mean, ever since that went, they just went to port, man. Back and that was it. The, the whole place fell apart. Okay, okay. Anyway, well, Chris, I'm delighted you, you said tonight we'd go on this because actually I really enjoyed that. That was good fun. And uh, I didn't go too much about VAR, did I? Just, I'm just not happy about it. And hopefully tomorrow it'd be nice if they drop points, but it'd be nice. Is it seven points to get into the World Cup? would be nice, wouldn't it? Just be a nice platform. And uh, hopefully I'll just. Yeah. Go ahead, go, Chris. No, so I'll get that seven points would be nice. I'll, I'll do nicely. Okay, your last since you're here, Chris, give me your last views on Tom Logic, the life and times of Tom Logic now, and his, actually, his decision making of. Ah, uh, what is he doing? He's been a can get picked in a Australia squad. It's like the uh, I don't know what he's done. He's I love Tom Logic, absolutely Celtic legend of of I mean, unbelievable goals, but. His decision making in the last six months leave a lot of desired. Um, not not so much leaving Celtic, I think leaving Celtic was the right decision. But where the hell he ended up went from, fake knows. Um, aye, that disappointing because I like to have watched him in the World Cup, even just for the, towards the end. So he's, the guy's a genius, but aye, he could have made a, fa- a far better choice and that disappointed in him. But still, still a legend. If I'd talk about legends, Nakamura should be one you should be talking about before the end I've just seen him he just retired the other week I think he was 49 or something yeah what a guy still playing football unbelievable wildlife pig what a genius he he just like he just kept himself to himself and trained all the time and that was like the story of Makarura he just trained all the time he was always like running time worked really hard you like why is that? Why is that a story? I don't know. The Scottish players just going up, bugger that, I'm off to the bookies. Maloney <laughs> 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 always talked about that. Jasper Sean Maloney, Sean Maloney kind of stayed behind with him all the time, and that's how when his free kicks became really good at the time. But unfortunately, then he kind of tag on the rest of the Scottish kids at the time. But uh, at least one of them learned. I mean, yeah. I loved him. I mean, I, I, I just... Manchester oh. United, eh? Where is Maloney now, funnily enough, after the Hibs debacle? Was, I was just read an interview with him last two nights ago. It was on, I was seen a, uh, I don't know what website he was on, but he was just talking about he was going round all different European clubs. He's not at a club now. But he was... He was going round champ doors. Hi. He was just going round, like, can I... Can I <laughs> Can ideas and stuff. I was at Barcelona for a few months and stuff like that. But I, but I don't think I don't know where he's where he's planning going to next. But Thank he you. always really well, Maloney. Yeah, really well. He's writing for Athletic. I think he gets interviewed in the Athletic. I think that's what he's been getting. Uh, I'd like him to do well, but I, I don't know like, what, what he was doing with Hibs. Anyway, Macanura, Maloney, we're going to talk about Peter Grant next. Are we moving back there? Frank McGarvey. <laughs> <laughs> He's not well. Jeez. 
We can't, we can't keep going back anyway. So Chris, are you back then on the podcast? Is this you back with your in-depth analysis? Oh, aye. Aye, any time. Aye. If it's as much as well. It's good. Enjoy that. Thank you very much. How's your, how's your daughter going on playing for Selig herself? Uh, good dog. She, she's at, um, she was at Celtic to the summer. She's at Kelly now. She moved to Kelly under 14, so she's been playing with Kilmarnock since the, since the summer. She's doing really well with them. So, uh, it's been great. Breath of fresh air being down there, so. Not, not so much me driving down there three, four nights a week, but uh, walking to keep myself busy, so it's been entertaining. And why did she move to Kilmarnock? Just no opportunities, or? Uh, it was different. I mean, they're different. She's higher up kind of level for where she was there, so she's got a bit more challenge in it. But um, I, a couple of, a couple of teammates went down there as well, so but it's been good. So playing that kind of league with Hearts, Celtic, Rangers. And all that in Hamilton every every week, so it's been good. It's a good challenge, but they they train four nights a week. Down there. So it's been quite hefty you, going. So air air and school is not that far away, is it? Is it? You just got the is. It is me I did every night in the winter, I tell you. Oh, <laughs> Past the, the tax office. Over the mills. Uh it's freaking horrendous, man. So um but yeah, so ah, it is what it is. So as long as they're enjoying themselves and keeping themselves fit and See what happens, so making pals. Yeah, good for good for them. It's not bad. Not all days have gone, so it's the kids' future now. Well, it's good. So say that again. What did you say there? I've never got that. It's <laughs> because <laughs> your hearing's gone. Hello. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh. ah, good for her. Well done, Chris. You're some man. I'd have been lad to Sophie here. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, that's a tough gig, but tough anyway. Gig. Well, yeah, yeah. There was uh, my cousin's uh, wee one, and uh, the granddad took him, Jimmy Grant, and took her to all the games, and that's how I got to Celtic. We, I mean, that it's a, it's a big, big. It's a big, big discipline to take your child to all the games. I mean, and Louise oh. has finally made it Celtic. Under she's made the big team. Well, maybe she'll get picked. But it's all the work behind it. You took her to every single game, like six, seven times a week. You know what I mean? Training, football. And that's just good. That's just women's football. You know what I mean? That was good. Yeah, good for her. Good for us. A new thing, Chrissy. You'll be re- you'll be retired then. So, so Dan and Miller are winning the lottery. You're retiring off the, your daughter's football. What, what chance do I have, Dan? I mean, uh, you need to grow a podcast. Get some better. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Rory Kerr this is happening, he'll start listening. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Oh, you're just dropping names in for no reason now, Dan. Nobody's listening now, it's like four hours gone. Try to get followers up, try to get followers up. Everybody else is logged off at this point. <laughs> I know. Anyway, thank you very much. Hopefully, you enjoy tomorrow and uh, good luck with your your voyages to air. And uh, Dan, thank you, mate. You're some man. That was good. Cheers, Chris. Right. Cheers, Dan. All the best. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.